0: This episode of Cougarcast is brought to you by WaveformSleep.com. Go check out Waveformsleep.com and sign up for that email list. Be among the first to know when the mattress with speakers inside of it is available. Oh, yeah. You just lay down on your bed, you hook it up to your Bluetooth device, and bang. <laughs> the sound comes out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it with that You're, okay yeah <laughs> so what you'll do is then uh, <laughs> bang your speakers work and then it massages your body alright so go check it out go see the video at waveforbsleep.com. Uh, it's an exciting new mattress I have one in my house I sleep on it and it is awesome I, I really, I really do enjoy this bed. It has created a sleep routine for myself and for my wife. We go to sleep easier now, and it's just—it's super comfortable. I'm telling you, it's this thing that you never knew you needed. But in in so many ways, uh, you're gonna love the Waveform mattress. So go check them out. Waveformsleep.com. Sign up for that email list, and you'll be among the first to know uh, when this product is live. And now. Booyaka, booyaka. It's time for Cooper Cash. My name is Keith Schertz, and this is CougarCast. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's show. The BYU Cougars head down to San Diego. They'll be up on Montezuma Mesa. Sort of. Sort of near their campus. <laughs> and uh, they will be playing the San Diego State Aztecs, who are head coached by Rocky Long, who does not like the BYU Cougars. is not a fan count him is not a fan one thing he is a fan of is good defensive football he's known for it his 3-3-5 uh you know he's sort of the king of the 3-3-5 revolution uh, uh, that's not a revolution very few people do it he does and uh they they do a very nice job of it the Cougars even played it for a little bit Bronco Mendenhall was a disciple of Rocky Long a believer in Rocky Long's scheme And uh, the Cougars will have a challenge uh, moving the football against San Diego State. Honestly, this game this weekend should be excellent. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, after the last three or four weeks, I feel entitled almost. Yeah, entitled to having, you know, an interesting team to play against. Um, Because, you know, it's been a bit, right? I mean that 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 section of Liberty Idaho State and UMass, that is rotten, absolutely rotten. All right, so here's the San Diego State Aztecs as the season begins and goes. Uh, they they only win six nothing against Weber State. Weber State pretty darn good. Anyone that pays a little bit of attention to FCS football. No, as a Weber State, they can play, man. That's a good team. So 6-0 win over Weber State at home. They then go on the road to the Rose Bowl. They beat UCLA 23-14. Really good win. 31-10 in Las Cruces against New Mexico State. They then lose to Utah State at home. 23-17. That's a baffling result for them. A little bit. A little bit. They're probably, well, we'll talk about it. San Diego State wins 24-10 to over Colorado State in Fort Collins. They come back home. They win 26-22 against the Wyoming Cowboys. They then win against a pretty explosive, uh, you know, that's a pretty good offense for the uh, San Jose State Spartans. They win at San Jose State 27-17. to and then they beat UNLV 20-17, so things are tightening up. Then they drop a real close one against Nevada, 17-13 at home. They beat Fresno State 17-7, to and then they just lost to Hawaii in the islands, 14-11. to But here's the thing. The thing that makes me uh, nervous is take a look at that last slate of teams that they played against okay first of all they they've had a, a a decent season i you know they're 8 and 3 and with losses to utah state nevada and hawaii but the thing that i think is most interesting about the san diego state team the thing that you already know about them a thing that's been kind of the point of San Diego State that anyone talked about all year has been their defense. Their defense is outstanding, all right? Zero points, 14 points, 10 points, uh, 23. And then they gave up 10 against Colorado State, 22 against Wyoming, 17, 17, 13, 7, 11. Or excuse me, 14. Not 11 at the end. 7, 11 though. (laughs) Slurpees. So here's the thing. They have only allowed two of their opponents to get to twenty points or more all year. That's getting it done. <laughs> that's that's so impressive. And I know people might say, you know, I don't understand how this happens with BYU. You know, look, we're we're independent, we're we're non-affiliated, uh, but for us to, I don't know why people pick on the. You know, when they say, well, they're doing it against the little guys. They're doing it against just Mountain West Conference teams. That always makes me a little bit crazy, um, the elitism of that. So, like, not remembering that when BYU was in the Mountain West, if they would have had a run where they only allowed two games all season where a team scored over 20, we would be going on and on and on about how great a defense the Cougars had, Right. This is a great defense, all right? The most points scored against them all year is 23. That's outstanding. That is outstanding work by the San Diego State defense. And they're half a team. They have a really, really wretched offense. Let's get into some of the numbers as we just take a quick look. So you've got their season in your head now. Uh, you know, they're, they're limping into the final run here right they've only won one out of their last three games they beat they beat fresno they they lost to nevada they lost to hawaii and now they got the cougars so football outsiders f plus okay the cougars 59th team in america san diego state 71st team in america you look at uh, Bill Connolly's S&P Plus rating for offenses. Okay? Offenses. Actually, let's do defenses first. Okay? Because this is going to be wild. BYU's defense is the 65th best defense in America. According to S&P Plus, which is adjusted for pace, strength of schedule, uh, and things like this. Um, so, BYU's 65th. San Diego State's 16th. The SP Plus for offense, BYU 60th. So according to advanced stats, Cougars just slightly better than the defense, at least in a measurement of national rank. Um, so BYU offense 60th uh, and the San Diego State offense 126th. That's not good. All right. Only four teams in all of college football. Worse, according to SP Plus, and I trust Bill Connolly. His numbers are, are really good. So, what do you make of a team that's 126th on offense and 16th defensively? Right? It means that by any reasonable uh, performance, and the Cougars, by the way, on both sides, are just like smack dab in the middle. Defense, literally in the middle. 65th. Offense, 60th. Okay, so you have... Captain average on one side, and then you have like on the other side, you have a <laughs> like an amazing half team where you've got this defense that's absolutely bonkers and an offense that's absolute like dog meat. I mean, they're terrible, right? So, what do you make of that? Well, it just means that you have to find a way to manufacture points for the Cougars to be successful against San Diego State and get a win. They're going to have to find a way to get to 20 points or more. They just are. The Cougar defense has been relatively solid. Their their scoring defense isn't... It's slightly higher. It's 54th nationally. It's slightly higher than what their ranking is by S&P+. So even though they're giving up more yards or things like this that that count against them on S&P+, when it comes to just what ends up on the scoreboard... They're slightly better. They're 54th. They're giving up 25.5 points per game. Now, how does that translate when you play a team as rotten offensively as the Aztecs? I don't know. You you traditionally give up 25 points, 25 and a half points. What are you going to do against what is probably the worst offense in the West? Well... Can you keep it to 10 points? Yeah, certainly. And, and if you keep it to 10 points, can you come up with more than 10 points? The, the, the answer is you likely could. Okay. Um, but not, not many more. Like decent offensive teams have struggled to score points against San Diego State. San Jose State, it's a decent offense, good weapons on that team. I watched them struggle and struggle and struggle in that game to do anything at home. Hawaii, Nick Rolovich's squad certainly know how to score the football. They pass and pass and pass and pass and pass. And And they still were only able to come up with 14 points. It's pretty wild. Chip Kelly. You know, and I get it. It's 2019 Chip Kelly. (laughs) We're not talking pre-NCAA suspension Chip Kelly. Oregon Chip Kelly. But UCLA managed 14 points. Right? This is a team that put up over 60 against Washington State. Like, I mean, so there's been some teams with offenses that are better than BYU's offense in terms of their ability to move the football. And they've really uh, stifled them, really given them a hard time. All right, so what did Wyoming and Utah State do when they scored over 20 points? They won the turnover battle, they had short fields, and they made it easier to get points. Utah State even had... A, a a funky touchdown, right? They got one off of a pick six. So that's how they were able to win that game. Otherwise, their offense was only, you know, putting together 16 points against the San Diego State team. So the Cougars are going to need something. Elevihifo's got to return a punt. Right? Somebody on, on kickoff return needs to flip the field and get a short. Peyton Wilger... It's going to get another interception, maybe. Get us close. Somebody somewhere has to make a big play and make scoring the football easier. Either either by scoring it themselves on defense or getting it so close that we're definitely going to get in. So that becomes the big challenge of beating San Diego State. is You either have to play such good defense on your own right and on your own terms against a really crappy offense that you literally limited them to 10 points or less, then you're, then you're going to win. If you don't, and you allow them to get to 14, 17, or 20 points, I worry about the ability to win. Now, it would be wonderful to see BYU go out there and execute an extremely high level of play and score tons of points against this San Diego state team. Right. But I worry significantly with Sione Finau being injured. He's out for the rest of the year. We know that Katoa was beat up. He played a little bit, you know, maybe he'll be in McChesney looked awfully good against UMass, right? Had a great day. (laughs) Right. So here's the challenge though is I, first of all, you know, Wilson looked a little rusty. He had to shake the rust off, right? Uh, he's coming off of injury. Um I, I, I love that. You know, I do think that there is an element of shaking the rust off. Uh And yet, you know, his backup quarterbacks came in and they, they didn't have any rust to shake off. They both came in and, and played well. You know, they're not coming off injury. So all of that is fair. Just just weighing it out. The, the problem with running against San Diego State, there's a, a few things that I think are absolutely crazy. But here is the number that will make your brain explode. Okay? Because, again, you've heard who they've played this year. But San Diego State is the number one defense in America this year in stuff rate. That is the percentage of runs that have been stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. Okay? if the other team runs against San Diego State 28.4% of all run plays against San Diego State have been stuffed at the line or stopped behind the line of scrimmage holy cow better than one in four worse than one in three every three and a half carries you're not going to get anywhere you're going to lose yards you're going know, to lose down. That's outrageous. That's best in the country. And, and the thing that worries me about that is the Cougars, when you look at their offensive line, uh, according again to, this is on Football Outsiders, their, their offensive line is currently ranked 52nd nationally, uh, which is average, maybe slightly above average. The one place, though, that they have a glaring weakness is power running. Uh, on the power running stat... And this is power running, and these are scenarios where you have two yards or less on third or fourth down, or if you're near the goal line. Okay, power running scenarios. Two yards or less, third or fourth down, or on the goal line. The Cougars successfully get the first down or the touchdown, 63.2% of the time. That is 106th nationally. So the Cougars don't punch it in. They don't have an option of a guy to go to that, that's going to destroy on those third and shorts, those fourth and shorts, those, those uh, goal to go, those two-yard plays where you get the football across the way. BYU's bad at that, and San Diego State is unbelievable at stopping the, the run, okay? They're the best in the country in terms of absolutely stifling it from even getting an inch going forward, Okay. I mean, 28.4% of the time your run does freaking nothing. That's amazing. It's amazing effort by this Aztec defense. And the Cougars struggle to punch it in those scenarios. So those scenarios that's going to that's gonna come up three or four times, it's going to be a big spot. And I'll be real curious to see what Jeff Grimes decides to do with that information because I'm assuming he knows the things that I know. He certainly does. Will he pass on third and two? He probably should. Right? You got to, I don't know what the odds are here, but you got a 63.2% chance of getting it. And that other side (laughs) will stuff it better than anybody else in the country. 28.4% of the time. So you got that. What are the odds of completing a two yard pass? Is it higher than 63.2%? I hope so. It probably so. Uh, Especially if you throw a little play action in there, right? You get San Diego State really cheating to stuff that run. Maybe you could spring something loose on them. But those instances are going to be vital and absolutely... They'll tell the story of the game, honestly. Honestly. If the Cougars can figure out what to do to keep them on the field offensively and continue to march and get another set of downs, if they can handle those two-yard scenarios and figure out how to run the football, or if they've got a game plan for we're going to go away from the run, but the Cougars need to have packages in place to handle third and two if they decide to go for it on fourth and short, if they're on the goal line. They need to have a solution because I'm just i'm not real optimistic about the idea of handing the football off i i think passing the football in that scenario is going to be better and when they do and they have incomplete passes you know when people are freaking out about why not just punch it just take it on the ground and punch it and go right i'm telling you that this is what's going to be part of the calculus for it they're just going to play the numbers here and they're going to just make the assumption that a quick, a quick pass, a quick out, quick screen, any of those things are going to go better than trying to, you know, get in the middle and, and run hard against what again, football outsiders has ranked as the number two defensive line in all of college football. That's adjusted for computers. That's adjusted for strength of schedule. That's adjusted for it all the second best defensive line in college football. You've got the 52nd best offensive line. You got to get two yards. Those guys are monsters at stuff in the run. I think it's time to pass. So I think what the Cougars do and how they execute on those third and short plays, they're going to make the difference about whether or not the Cougars are able to score enough points to, to overcome San Diego state. It's a place where you can get it, you know, um, that where you can maybe capitalize. And I think this is gaming the system, right? I think a lot of other teams have really screwed this up. And they, they've gone with the conventional, let's go, let's put our heads down, let's run. But heaven help me if we put in the rugby formation, okay? <laughs> as, as, uh, as, as different as that might look to San, San Diego State, I just don't think that I've ever seen enough execution in that scenario to make me really think it's worth it. OK, I'd rather get the ball into Zach Wilson's hands and let's go try to get a quick pass to to Bushman or let's give it to Hifo or Micah Simon or let's get it out there to Romney or Dax Milne. Don't all of those things make you feel better knowing what you know here? It should. Even McChesney. Right, coming around the end of the defensive line, sitting in front of the linebacker, and making a a, a quick catch two yards down the field, like maybe that makes some sense. You know, who whoever it is, right? The guy, the guy that we like most probably on screen passes is Katoa. So, those are the things that you really have to watch out for if the BYU offense is making uh, play calls, and and so. That package that scenario those those third and short fourth and short and goal line scenarios that's gonna be the key and and I think that what you're gonna see I think you're gonna see b y u elect to pass the football they really ought to go against the conventional wisdom, buck it a little bit and 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 really mix it up and you know what i'm even for like trying a goofy like <laughs> You know, a, a trick play that they've been really good at executing. Um, they didn't really try trick plays with, with Zach Wilson. They didn't need to uh, against UMass. You know, Zach Wilson's going to be back. He's going to be playing against uh, a really, really strong defense. They're going to go with Wilson because he's their guy. And, uh, you know, they're going to think he gives them the best chance. I'd like to see how the trick plays go and how they're executed with Zach Wilson. I hope that we see the Cougars not worry about as many RPO packages, but go straight up, run straight up pass and give Wilson that sort of look because the offense really hummed <laughs> when the offense has been at its best this year. Obviously it was against uh slightly easier. I mean, Boise state is no slouch, but you know, the offense has looked most productive and has been most productive with Jaron Hall or or Gunna, or uh, or Baylor Romney, and so you know I'd like to see I'd like to see Zach Wilson get a chance to kind of run similar packages with easier reads, with more creativity, more people touching the football, and, and doing more to let the offense as a team put together their points and try to conquer San Diego State's defense. If you ask Zach Wilson to be the main guy, the trigger man the guy that's going to put the team on his back and he's going to make the plays and carry the Cougars. Okay. That's not going to work. San Diego state's too good. They're too good. Zach Wilson is not good enough to slice and dice them. If the Cougars do slice and dice them, if they happen to have a 35 point explosion against San Diego state. It will come as a, as a product of a scheme. And it will be a product of a lot of BYU football players touching the football and getting involved. Uh, and, you know, Mike Simon's throwing passes and he's throwing passes. And, and we have we're doing all sorts of exotic, kind of interesting, like really throw you off your game looks. The good news for BYU, like I've mentioned before. Is that you're playing against San Jose? You're not just playing on one side of the ball. You're going to play on the other side of the ball, and honestly, the Cougars sh- should be able to really improve their rankings. They should be able to. They should be able to destroy. Okay, this San Diego State offense. All right, Ryan Agnew is the quarterback for San Diego State. He's a senior and he is captain. Check down. Captain, check down. <laughs> mayor, mayor, we don't need any downfield throws. I know just the guy to call. Ryan Agnew, captain, check down. Uh, this guy is terrified of any sort of uh, leveling uh, throws. He's a th- <laughs> He doesn't throw downfield. He has a pretty good receiver. He has a good... A receiver that you'll like, you'll, you'll, you'll look at him, you'll see him out there on the field, you'll see kind of his body and the way he runs the field stuff, he, he looks pretty good. Um, but his big play receiver is Kobe Smith, and he's only averaging 12.1 yards per reception, which isn't as good as it sounds, I promise. 12.1 yards per reception is better than, than most of his teammates, uh, and, and for the amount of, of catches he has... He's been able to to do quite a bit with those, but those catches are him getting a check down and then being able to break a little tackle and then it gets taken down. I mean, this is this is what you're looking at. He's not a deep threat, but nobody is because Ryan Agnew is the quarterback for San Diego State. He's absolutely rotten. I'm telling you. I, it just if you have a kid who's afraid to the credit of all the BYU quarterbacks, the credit of Zach Wilson. And, and to all of them, every kid that has come in, all of them, they have been absolutely willing to to throw downfield and willing to keep their eyes downfield and find ways uh, to try to create uh, big plays and chunk yardage. Uh, again, the, the, the amount, the reason that check down offense matters so much is this principle I've talked about a lot this year. But... Look, most teams don't have an offense or the ability to put together a 10-play drive, a 12-play drive. They're going to have a penalty along the way. There's going to be a stupid drop pass. Okay, There's going to be an ex- a fumbled exchange on the snap, and then you just have to eat the down. You're going to have things like this occur. And the more plays that are in a drive, the more opportunities for the defense to make a play... and the the more opportunities for things to kind of go wrong. And that's the problem. When you don't have chunk yardage, when you don't gain yards in bunches, you end up finding yourself in spots where, you know, you you have to put together these long drives and just most teams aren't capable of doing it. Just period. Like, if you watched any of the NFL games on, on Thanksgiving, like, they have a hard time with the two. Like most teams can't put together, you know, a 12 play drive, at least with any sort of consistency. You might get one off, you might get two off, okay? But you're definitely not going to get a whole bunch of them that, where you end up scoring, you know, 28 points. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. So you, you you have to be more explosive. Ryan Agnew, his style of play, and 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 the courage that he has, and and his willingness to trust his arm and trust his receivers, trust his mind and ability to read the defense and go downfield. It just simply isn't there, and that is going to be accentuated by Eliza Tuiaki and his approach to defensive football. I, I think that what's going to happen is you're going to see Agnew. Uh, forced into more checkdowns because that's what BYU is looking to do. They spend so much time dropping back and, and trying to allow their defensive line to cause the havoc and cause the the quick you know, the, the really good defensive plays. They, they leave it to four guys, generally speaking. they don't blitz much, but with with all that dropping back, it is going to result in in allowing captain checkdown to absolutely let his cape fly behind him with pride, okay? So, they're going to have issues, all right? Kobe Smith is the one receiver you're going to watch out for. Uh, but but even then, I mean, this isn't... Uh, he's not... The Cougars have faced a lot harder, okay? A lot harder this year. Uh, they're running back that... You know, he gets a lot of workload. He touches the ball a ton is uh, Jawan Washington. He's a little guy. Oh, he's just adorable back there. Five foot seven. Uh, he makes catches out of the backyard, backfield, but again, just rotten. Rotten running a football. 3.4 yards per carry. It's not going to get it done. Okay? So, no explosion. No explosiveness. Coming out of San Diego State. So, if the BYU defense wants to win this game, sure, they can get him off the field, and they will get him off the field, and they'll do it with regularity. The issue with Captain Checkdown is is he isn't making a lot of stupid throws, and he he isn't willing to try to make a bigger play. And so, because of that, it's really hard. It's really hard to... To be in a scenario where you get the. <laughs> what ends up happening is that San Diego State is gonna get stopped, and then they're gonna punt, and then you've got a long field to work with against that hard defense. So you've gotta find a way to manufacture big plays and big turnovers. And this is the thing that I think will be most annoying about watching the BYU defense against the San Diego State offense is that they have the ability to completely overwhelm and, and, and just be so physical out there that it absolutely jams up and screws up absolutely everything that, that San Diego State wants to do offensively. They could go out and do that. What's going to happen, and what I think that the Cougars will hold true to, is that they will continue to not blitz with any regularity they will cover, 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 cover. They'll rely on safeties and linebackers to drop two steps and then come forward and try to make the tackle on the run. As soon as they read run, they won't be calling any run blitzes. They won't be call- They won't be doing any of those things. Um, they they will stay in their base, and and so because of that you know, the Cougars run defense has been really poor this year. Uh, but the the good news, like I said, is, is that I don't really trust Juwan Washington to burn them so much. I just think that, uh, you know, obviously he's a, you know, the one thing with littler, littler running backs, you got to wrap them up. (laughs) They're just, they're just little. But the other part though, is, is that if you get any sort of hit on them and you, you know, I mean, not that he's, a weak lean or anything like that. But if you do hit them, like you can get them down, right? You ought to be able to get them down. Most teams this year have been able to get them down. So I, I don't worry about that. The, 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 the concern for me is, is I'd love to see the defense called aggressively and played aggressively to try to force the hand here and create opportunities for their offense, even score some points. If the Cougars score on, on a special teams or on defense, they're going to win. I really think they're going to win. If, if San Diego State does it, oh boy, I'm real nervous. Okay, so that's that. Um, that's enough talk about San Diego State on their offense. They're they're like I said, they're wretched offensively, and uh, we really have an opportunity to see Punt Fest, Punt Fest 2019 uh... late saturday night to to see the regular season out. Uh it it may it may be truly <laughs> yeah, it might not be good. Here's the thing, San Diego State defensively uh have a, a few players that I want you to know about, okay? Just because you'll have a good time watching them. I've enjoyed watching them. These are these are awesome players, okay? They and and the, the thing I, here's the other thing, man, that I love about San Diego State's defense is this group is full of guys, you know, you think San Diego State, you know, beautiful sunshine and, and everything else. And these guys just play ugly defense. They bring the nasty out, man. They are tough. And, and the other thing I like about them is they're, they're best players on the defensive side. I'll have ugly numbers, Right. You don't see any, like, number 90 defensive end, okay? The guy leading the team in stat- sacks, Miles Cheatham, on their defensive line. He's got five sacks this year, which is a pretty good total. That's a good season, all right? He's wearing number 68. The other guy on the defensive line, he's one of the top tackle for lost guys in America, 12 of them. He is number 57. These guys just show up. They're just like, what number was I assigned as a freshman? Let's stick with that. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life wearing number 68 and number 57. <laughs> I love stuff like that, okay? I love it, right? Uh, the the top, the, the most dangerous corner in America uh, in terms of interceptions. He, he has eight on the season. He's first in NCAA. Eight picks. Luke Barku, all right? Barku wears number sixteen. Oh yeah, so they, they got ugly numbers. <laughs> uh, on the other side, it's not much easier. To throw on the other side, Darren Hall. Okay, fourteen pass deflections. And so this is the issue. How do you handle uh, two really solid corners? And then they got Dwayne Johnson Jr. at safety. He's also good. But they, the, those those two corners are physical. They're tough. Okay, this is where I think you gotta you gotta really look. Again, we I, we I feel like I say this all the time, but that slot receiver spot and the tight end spot is just going to be massive. Uh, we're going to have to beat Dwayne Johnson Jr. I, I don't like the prospects of, of having, you know, Shumway or or uh, any, really, any of our wideouts. Romney, I, I don't like the, I hate the matchup. Hate it against Barku. I hate it against Hall. Um... I just don't, I don't yeah, and the other one is if Wilson isn't particularly sharp, if he's still rusty, and I know that he hit his stride against UMass, I, I, but you know this is an entirely different beast. That that third and short thing, man, that is a real pickle. That is that is if you want to see Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick make their money this week, you, they'll have they need to have great numbers on those on those third and shorts or or goal line packages. They they've really got to. That's where they're going to have to generate points. They're going to have to figure out a solution to that. Running the football is a non starter. That's just not a great idea. Um, but then, you know, you forget. I, I forgot briefly, you know, but then you got to deal with, with Barku and Hall on your on your wideouts. Uh, and then the other one is, boy, I'll tell you, it's not easy handling uh, the middle linebacker, uh, Kaya Kayava. Sorry, Kayava Tizino. Uh He's a linebacker. He's got it more. He's got a pretty number, forty-four. But uh, Tizino, man is another absolute monster. Yeah. So at all three levels, they've got a, a you know stellar players. <laughs> I mean, really good players. You'll enjoy watching them if, if you would enjoy watching them if they weren't beaten up on BYU. Uh, they're they're really good. Uh, so Tizino at linebacker. And, and you're going to have to watch for that. He's got some speed. The other thing that is annoying about Tizino, just as I've watched, is he is always, oh, he's just always around the tackle. I mean, he, you know, when they the, the cliche knows for the football, that's this guy. Uh, Tizino is a good ball player. And then, you know, offensive line, you're going to have to handle Cheatham. You're going to have to handle Banks, you know. And then uh, and then that secondary, Right. Barku Hall and then Dwayne Johnson Jr. you're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to account for and handle those three as well. And so they're gonna to have to find a way to manufacture points. Trick plays, they're not afraid to call them. I think that you're gonna see them again. And I also think that you know they're gonna to... San Diego State wants to put you in those tough, short you know positions. They obviously they'd love third and long a whole lot more. But you know they are they are an attrition, bend don't break type group. But also then, you know, occasionally you have that bend don't break type thing that you go, and then you get a bunch of guys that are just freaking awesome, <laughs> and then you end up with something that looks like like the twenty twelve BYU defense. So, uh, with with players with players at all three levels, so it, it becomes a, a real challenge, and I. I I will be very curious to see we, what what comes of it. I, I honestly, it's it's really a scheme, <clears throat> it's scheme work, and I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it. Uh, a little little dry, but the key the key here is is that you're gonna have to see, you know, the work that's put in by those offensive coordinators. They're going to have to find solutions, um, to to trying to make life a little bit a little bit tough. Uh, for these players, especially if they're doing like I suggest, uh, suggest and, and, and run a little bit more basic, a little bit more declarative offense um, with easier reads and easier assignments and, and less fluid kind of changing on the fly decision making type stuff. I just think, <laughs> again, with these guys breathing down your neck and all over you, I don't think that you want Zach Wilson guessing what Dax Milne's going to do right and and hoping that Dax Milne uh, on his option receiver route goes with the same read that Zach Wilson see I just all of that stuff seems dangerous to me so i I would I would try to simplify things and yet in doing that you know you do you do help out San Diego State a little bit really really tough challenge uh so I don't know BYU is more round, well rounded than San Diego State um and and should they find a way to dominate defensively um, against that San Diego State offense, they they're going to have a real chance. The other thing, though, that just cannot happen, that cannot happen, and I, this where I this is one knock I have against Zach Wilson is he extends plays too long, and he tries, and he he tries to create a little extra something. And I can just see that potentially being an issue. And then, uh, yeah, you can't allow <laughs> – that's a surefire way to lose. If you, get, if you give San Diego State big plays, that's just a surefire way to lose. And they're certainly uh, capable of them. Again, uh, Barku, eight picks this year. I mean, if you don't have zip and if you telegraph too much, I mean, that guy will jump the route. He will make you pay for it. So you, you have to be real sharp. You gotta be locked in and you can't take a playoff against I mean you just can't. The the execution, the commitment, the running on the on the opposite side of the ball of where the run is going, like even if it's not coming your way, like if you're wide out, you've got to play with such effort and aggression uh, to handle your business there. So And then the last bit. Jake the make is uh, Jake the shaky um I'm a uh, boy we're gonna need him to put stuff between the pipes and uh, and it becomes a pretty interesting thing and it's interesting that you start thinking about Skyler Southam I, I don't know if he misses maybe his first kick I why not try Skyler he was Skyler Southam was pretty good last year um and so I can't believe I'm saying that I, I love Jake the make so much but uh, he turned down the great nickname. And now the nickname is sort of sad. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so we will have to see um, what happens there. But that becomes another element of, boy, if there's any missed kicks or anything, like all points that the Cougars can get are just crucial. Just crucial. And again, and then as always, field goals where you could get touchdowns, that's, that's a killer. You know, field goals where you're stopped, and you weren't in the red zone. That's fine, but boy, boy, red zone trips that ends in field goal. That's just that. That is a surefire way to let San Diego State get a win at home on Senior Day, right? Oh man, the the all the all the Aztec faithful there at the at the SDCCU Stadium. They'll be bouncing their kids on their knee, talking about Captain Checkdown. Ryan Agnew. So, I don't know how helpful all this was. I will say, if the Cougars find a way to execute in that one, in those scenarios, those, those third and short, fourth and short, and goal line scenarios, that's kinda, that's gonna determine this game. I, I truly feel that. Outside of like the obvious stuff, right? Outside of outside of pick sixes and turnovers and stuff like outside of all that. If this is a relatively cleanly played game by both sides, it's going to come down to whether or not the Cougars were able to execute on those on those third and shorts. So I don't know what's going to happen. And that's fun. It's been a while. So it's been almost a month. (laughs) So I'm happy, happy to see that the Cougars have a little a little bit of a challenge. Uh, That'll be kind of fun uh, to see what happens. And, uh, you know, it's weird. What do you do when you play a really good team that's a really good half of a team but a really, really bad half of a team? It's it's really one of the most uneven teams that we've gone against in a very long time. Uh, usually usually the worst half, you know, blows it for you, right? More than your better half figuring it out and, and winning, especially when your better half is defense instead of offense because offense can, can really cover up a lot of the the crappy defense that you have—just ask the two thousand one BYU Cougars. All right, last bit. How great was BYU in Maui? Like, you know, you have to be really proud of, of everything that happened there. I thought they 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 went out and handled their business against UCLA. They equi- first of all the game plan, the game plan and the approach that the Cougars showed in the first half against K- Kansas uh was amazing. I thought the effort that was put in, I think that's the hardest, you know, it was the hardest half of basketball arguably that the Kansas had uh, for the whole tournament. I I thought the effort put in by by Dalton Nixon and Colby Lee and Connor Harding and uh and everyone. I, honestly, the whole everybody's work to to handle you know, Azabuke and Handel McCormick and, and all, the, all the giants for, <laughs> for Kansas. I, I just thought the effort put in by all those guys was, was fantastic. It was fantastic. And honestly, that was the half of basketball. Defensively, they played well enough to, to win um, in, in that half of basketball. And what needed to happen is they needed to make shots uh, at a really high level. Now, Kansas's defense was outstanding. They, they won that tournament with their defense, honestly. Kansas' defense and their effort was, was really, is was truly outstanding. I, I just, I think the, the big issue there is that had the, although, the, you know, look, they had some looks, but had the Cougars been able to shoot the three and, and be able to, to make more, more and more of their shots, obviously shot making is important, But, you know, they had a little window where they were neck and neck with Kansas. And they were responding, and all the baskets were tough. All the baskets were tough to come by, but they were coming, it felt like, just a little easier. Just slightly easier for BYU for like a 12 or 15 minute period in the first half. And and the Cougars legitimately could have gotten out to like a 10 point lead. Had a few more shots just fallen. Uh, but cr- credit goes to Kansas. Obviously, excellent team, excellent program. And, uh, of course, the thing with the NCAA, I mean, good grief. Bill Self is coaching. Bill Self is coaching on one side while Yoli Childs is sitting on the bench. I mean, the most brazen, ridiculous example of, of the absolute absurdity in, in the way that the NCAA handles and, uh, you know, judges the different scenarios that, uh, rise. I just not, no, I, I, none of it makes any sense. And it's silly, honestly, it's crazy. And it, it was nice to hear, uh, both Jay Billis and Bill Walton defend, uh, the, you know, Yoli and say that it was ridiculous because it has been ridiculous uh, I would have liked for somebody to point out that it was silly that for Bill Bill Self to be on the other side if if Yoli's going to sit, I'm fine with both of them being in. Honestly, Bill Self deserves it more than Yoli, but but like you know, if we're going to look fine, but it's just ah okay. Anyway, and then obviously the, the Virginia Tech game and look, I I have wondered I wondered it at the beginning of the year T J Hawes for me has been a, a really good player for BYU. I mean, I, he's been excellent. He's been a really good player. Now, is he going to be a top 10 player? No. Is he Tyler? No. Okay? He's not any of those things. But... What he has been is he's been a truly effective player who's played his freaking guts out. He starts every single game. He doesn't get hurt. He probably plays more minutes than anybody else on a night-to-night basis. And he freaking, he plays his guts out. He just, it looks like he's playing really hard. And, you know, because he hasn't been... Um, because honestly, because he hasn't been a program altering guy, one of these top 10 players in the history of the program type players, because he hasn't been that because of that's what was sort of promised. It was like, you know, I mean the whole lone peak Three thing we were supposed to get, you know, we were supposed to get all of this, but you know, before it's all said and done. If you, if you look who, who gets the award for like best Cougar from the lone peak three, I think it's going to be TJ Haas. Like, I think, you know, Eric Mika left after two years. And Nick Emery, I mean, good grief, right? All the other stuff with him. Topped out as a freshman. Was never as good as he was as a freshman. He, you know, (laughs) cost the team games and, you know, messed over Dave Rose. He left the team this year. Like, TJ just doesn't do that, man. Dude shows up, he balls. He plays. plays hard. Now... Uh, is he, you know, I mean, obviously he had the shot against Houston and obviously the way he played against Virginia Tech. And maybe we're seeing him elevate his game. And maybe it happened. There was, like, a couple things that have clicked here. But you also will have nights like what happened in Boise State where you just haven't seen him, you know, come around the corner. Well, guess what? T.J. Hawes doesn't have the consistency of play. He just doesn't have the consistency of play to be one of the top players I mean, when and in and the top, top level of the BYU all-time rankings, right? He's just not there. He's not that. And so the anger or the frustration is, is warranted, but the anger and the writing off of TJ Haas to me, I think, is simply nuts. Kid can play. He can help you win games. He's helped BYU win a lot more games than he's helped us lose. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really like him. Credit to that guy. I, I think that I think that there's been a, a lot of a lot of criticism hurled his way, and and uh, you know, look, I, I I'm not saying he shouldn't be criticized. He should. He has moments where it's the turnovers, the <laughs> the, the 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 pump fakes on three point line that he ne- he never seems to shoot that, and see, you know, he's always pump faking out there. It's kind of weird, you know, some of his reckless drives into the hole. Like people have started to kind of that out, But man, I I just, he's, you know, the idea that having him come off the bench, (laughs) that's, that's nuts. I can't believe, I can't believe it. Can't believe that there's people that feel that way. And the Virginia Tech game, I had to feel really good for him because I mean, there was a a period of time where he just, he was on so much fire as like, he just, he came out of hell with a gasoline suit. I mean, it's (laughs) guy, guy was, guy was absolutely, absolutely on fire. Uh, for part of that Virginia Tech game. So anyway, Jake Toulson also uh, has been awesome, uh, really good. And, and, you know, Cougars have a game against Montana Tech. They're going to finish 6-3 and three without Yoli Childs, uh, and and that's good. That's probably ahead of where most people thought they'd be. So credit to them. Uh, still, still worry about kind of end-of-clock scenarios for BYU. Uh, just keep an eye on that because it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird there. Uh, Also, the other thing is, is as the Cougars have been able to pass the ball more (laughs) and there's been less dribbling and and the the less the ball gets sticky, like I mentioned the the last time, I I think the Cougars will be more successful. So. That's that. Uh, But successful trip to Maui, two and one. uh, Really good, really good result. And uh, I think they should be really, really pleased with with how everything kind of came together for them uh, over that tournament. And I I think that they're going to, you know, maybe reap some benefits when they're on the bu- bubble from those performances. And I think the fact that it happened without Yoli w- will help them. But again, they're, they already got some that will be in the kind of bad losses column and things like that. The, the one against Boise State won't look particularly good. So losing to San Diego State at home, That's going to be a little tough. I mean, they're going to be splitting hairs and say, well, if you couldn't beat San Diego State at home, this other bubble team had this, but this is the thing. When you're on the bubble, there's enough – there's blemishes on – I mean, if there's no blemishes on your resume, you're in, right? That's why you're on the bubble. So the Cougars are already on the bubble, and we knew they'd be on the bubble before the end of the year. The question is, can they get through the rest of the non-conference, continue to play at a good level, maybe get a really high-quality win, maybe, you know, if they can get Utah – but that, that Utah State game, if, boy, if they could figure out a way to get that, that would be mon- monumental for their uh, bubble hopes. And then obviously not blow it against some of the, the lower teams in the, in the West Coast Conference uh, that, plagued, that plagued really the last five, six years of, of Dave Rose's tenure. Uh, they'll have a chance. They'll have a chance. And that's kind of, by the way, that's just, you know, I mean, very, rare, very, very, very rarely has BYU had to not sweat it out on Selection Sunday, it, you know, through its history. Uh, they, they either win the tournament, which they don't. They've only won it, you know, a couple times. And it's been so long that you, you don't even remember, <laughs> probably, his 2000-2001 season. Uh, Kelly Wesley was amazing in that tournament. Uh, and anyway, the, the long, the long and short is, is that you know, this is, this is normal. This is what it is to be a BYU basketball fan. You have to embrace life on the bubble because that is what it means to cheer for the BYU Cougar basketball team. All right. That's it for this week's Cougar cast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and be on the lookout on Saturday for our first all decade podcast. We are going to give a decade in review initially, about the BYU football decade. I think you're really going to like it. Um, so keep your eyes out for that and uh, let people know about that. I think, I think people really like these. So thanks for listening to the show. If you have any comments, email me at cougarcast at gmail.com. Feel free, if you dig what I'm doing, to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I hope you had a good holiday. And uh, the other part is, is I think that uh, I think the, the game against San Diego State should be fascinating in, in some ways. And it also could be a grind and, and quite boring. There's a real possibility of that as well. But uh, but drink it in. Uh, the college football season is almost over. All right. That's it for this Cougar cast. Take care of yourselves. Go Cougars.